the word of the Lord. I missed Sister Cole this morning. Didn't she do such a great job last week? Man, I love that lady. Amen. She's at her home church this morning in Salem, St. Anne's, Jamaica. Preaching, teaching, getting everybody in shape, keeping everybody on top of their game. But we thank God for her. Love her and miss her this morning. I was getting dressed and I realized she's not here today. All week. She's been gone since Tuesday, but somehow I missed her this morning. Isn't that something? But I missed her this morning and um, God bless her and bless what she's doing for the kingdom. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me to Psalms 55, verse 22, and 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7. Amen. So good to see everyone. We welcome you. I, I pray that I can help you today. I, I believe the word of the Lord will help you if you allow it to help you. The word of God will help you today if you allow it. God is going to help us today. Amen. I feel really strongly about the word today. Not that I don't most often times, but it's just some days you feel very strongly about that God is speaking. And I believe God is speaking this morning. And if we will listen, he will change our lives. He will give us directions. And we will leave here today change if we will let God do that for us. He wants to do it for us. Psalms 55 verse 22 says this. Cast thy burden upon the Lord. And he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Cast your burdens upon the Lord. First Peter chapter 5, verse number 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I want to simply entitle this message today, God Cares for You. God cares for you. I think we overlook that many oftentimes. Shouldn't use those two words together, Tom, sorry. But many times <laughs> we overlook those things. God cares for us. And sometimes while we're going through things and things are happening around us, we think, how can God care, but he's allowing this to happen to us. And so it's difficult sometimes to really Grab a hold of that to know God does care for me. He does. Father, touch us in a special way. God, I need your spirit to have the preeminence. I need your spirit to work through me and to operate in our midst this morning. We need your strength. We are weak, but thou art strong. We need the power of the Holy Ghost to destroy yokes and bondage. We need people to be set free, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that as you draw us, that we will respond by faith as you draw us. Lord, there's a need in our life, Lord. And today we say, God, will you help us? Will you help us, Lord, that we will leave this place fulfilled? change. Leave this place, Lord God, inspired and ready, Lord God, to take on whatever challenges we may face. Father, bless your people today that they will never be the same again. We ask you these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. God cares for you. 
All of us here today have things in our life that we are anxious about. Things we are nervous about. Things we are concerned about. Things we are uneasy about. Things we are apprehensive about. We all have these things in our lives that we don't always talk about, but we all have them. We need to really get over ourselves and realize we all have some things that we're dealing with. Some of us will put on and carry ourselves like we've got it together. Even the ones that have it together, you still have something. The when I found out that God didn't lie to us when he says, all have sinned. <laughs> when, when the Bible read that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, it, it's such a simple thing, but it's such a great revelation to me. Because you know what? It made me confident in who I am. It should make you confident in who you are. Because oftentimes we let each other feel below. We, 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 we make the other person feel a little less. But the Bible says all have sinned. So when I really, really grab a hold of that and I walk by someone I felt like they looked down on me, I just says all have sinned. When I walk by somebody and I feel like they, they, you know, they made me look a little less than them, I just walk by and smile and say, all have sinned. You can have it together all you want, but all have sinned. Now, I'll get, I'll get to how we get to the sin part, but my point is this morning, we've got some cares that we allow to weigh us down. All of us. There's cares of this life. There's cares of this world that is weighing us down. Somebody said, but God cares for me. My God, you need, to, you, you, you need to get that in your heart this morning. That I don't care what I'm dealing with today. It doesn't matter how frustrated I get at times. It doesn't matter how hard my situation may be. God, the almighty God that created this world that is all-powerful and all-knowing and all-wonderful and all-kind, He cares for me. And while I want everybody to care for me, with all of you all put together caring for me, you still can't care for me more than... All of us can be caring about each other in here. But man, it is just a different thing. As the young people say, it's different when you're talking about his care for you. It's not the same. And so God cares for us. And so these things that we're carrying around, these cares that we have in our life that we're carrying around, God wants us to know that he cares. Wherever we go, we take these cares with us. They are consuming us. They are, cons they are constant. They are in our thoughts all the time. They are in our, the way we act. These, these, these cares 
control our lives sometimes. And we don't realize that we have become who we've become because of these cares in our life. We have taken on this, this kind of image about who we are because of these cares. Some of us uh, are living our life. Uh, uh, hear me, hear me. Some of us are living our life trying to defend ourselves, living our life trying to protect ourselves from being hurt. I'm going to live this way so nobody can hurt me. I'm going to live this way so nobody can get at me. We're living to try to protect ourselves. But it's, it's, it's a care that was in your life that you carried around. And now it has turned into something else because you have allowed it. Being distrustful when you don't, when you don't trust. Love. Some people don't want to love. Don't love me, I won't love you. I'm good. You know what you're saying? I want to be loved. You got to be sharp and understand these things. Because you have your hand out. I don't want nobody hurt me. It simply means you want it. Because if you didn't distrust it, it means you didn't care about it. But because you are having distrust, it means that I'm paying attention to it. I really want it, but man, I don't want to get messed up about it. But you want it. That's the big picture. You want to be loved. You want to give love. But you're afraid to get hurt, but, but you want it. That's the care that we're carrying around and it's killing us because we're pretending like I'm good. Let me stand here tall and tell you I want to be loved. Uh, you, you cannot want to be loved, but I want to be loved. I know God loves me and he cares about me, but I want other people to love me too. Okay. You need to do something. You, you need to do that sometimes so you can get the victory. You, you need to just, you need to tell yourself, I do want to be loved, but I'm not hiding it. So you can get the victory. Because the more you keep on denying it, the more it eats away at you. Some of these cares in our life, they just is taking on a life of its own in our life. We have cares that was birthed out of ambitions that we have. Ambitions that never came from the Holy Spirit. Ambitions that came from you. You decided what you want to be ambitious about and you pursued what you want to be ambitious about. And it had nothing to do with what the Spirit of God was leading you to do. It had nothing to do with what the Word of God was telling you to do. But you decided, my ambition is to do this. My ambition is to do that. But can I tell you something that's real today? God said He created us for Himself. Somehow we missed that part. We think God created us so we can do what we want. No, God said I created you for myself. Now if God created us for himself, why are we having ambitions that came from ourselves? Don't get quiet on me. Help me preach this morning. When, 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 when the word comes strong, don't, don't back up on me. Just keep coming forward. Ambitions like recognition. We want to all be recognized. Don't lie and say, yeah, that's me. We all want to have the glamour life. The Kardashian has made the glamour life on, on reality TV a big thing. So everybody watching it, we, you know, here's one that y'all don't know that I know. All the girls want what they want. Red bottoms. 
mess with me. When did we hear about red bottoms? It was the Kardashians that talked about red bottoms. We keep playing games and lying to ourselves like somehow, uh, we, we, you know, we came up with these things. No, we are, we have allowed some cares to creep up in our life that is killing us, that's, that's preventing us from being who God called us to be. But God has called me here today to tell you he cares for you. So why are you worried about those cares? Material possession. The glamour life. You're going to respect me. We want to be respected. Listen. We want to be a normal American. That's how we want to live as Christian, a normal American. Let me tell you something about me. I want to preface it by saying, let me tell you something about me. I didn't say nothing about you. Hear what I got to say about me. I know I'm not a normal American. I know I'm not normal. I am a child of God. That's what I am. Not claiming America. I'm not claiming Jamaica. I'm not claiming, no, I am a child of God. So here is what I deal with this week or for the past couple of weeks. You saw Black Panther? Everybody talking about how good Black Panther is. My son, the big time actor, he tell you how the actors are and everybody. And I go to work. You saw Black Panther? I said, no. Oh, you got to go see it. You got to take the kids to see it. You know what I didn't tell them? I don't go to the movies. Yeah, y'all quiet. I said me. I said me. Me. In case y'all start running around here talking. Ah. I said me. So that's why I didn't go see it yet. I'm not a normal person like y'all. Y'all go ahead. I'm not normal like y'all. I'm a child of God. I, uh, I, I've been called to the kingdom of God for such a time as this. He gave me a purpose before I was created. And so I'm not going to deviate from the purpose. Once I understand who I am, I'm going full speed ahead in the purpose. And I'm not trying to fit in in this normal American society. That's not what God called me to be. We got to get over that. We're living our life to be normal. This is what we do. And if they doing it, we doing it so we can all look like we are doing it. Hollywood will not dictate how I live my life. Society will not dictate how I live my life. Jesus Christ and him crucified will dictate how I live my life. Let me give you another piece. Twenty-five years ago, when we weren't as sophisticated, we didn't have a whole lot going on. Because we wasn't as sophisticated. Today, we're so sophisticated. And you know what that sophistication has made us do? Sophistication is a societal thing. 
So we have become so sophisticated that we want to engage more in society to show how sophisticated we are, to show that we're not being left behind in society. So you know what we do? We engage in the events and the activities in society to say, look at me. I'm a part of this society. I'm a part of this sophistication generation. Look at me. And so we're living our lives like that. And so now we have engaged. We're all busy with societal things. When I say blah, 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 you know what? I hear you, Pastor. But you know the first thing comes to your mind? Something you have already engaged in from a society standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching how that switched. I watched it. I'm just telling you. I watched it. I was talking to the youth this, this uh, past Friday, we had youth night, and we're planning on how we can uh, grow our youth because when we look at the viewers on Facebook, most of the people that view on Facebook, the ages are between 35, 45, 55. We don't have anything younger than that, and that's breaking my heart because I'm like, hey, you know, we, we need some young people to step up and become real serious about God, and how are we going to reach those people? Well, the ones that we have in church are going to have to really be strong and spiritual, and they're going to have to reach other people. So I said, how do we do it? So we're talking about it. But then I start, something I, I ran into, I realized. This is just revelation I got Friday. I'm just telling y'all what I think about it compared to the word of God. And so I said, I realized all the young people have a whole lot of stuff that they got going now. Back in the day, they didn't have nothing. Now they got a whole lot of stuff going. Parents, you signed them up for it. Oh, we have to do this. We have to do that. We have to do this. We have to do that. When, when, when we finally get our church building, you know what's one of the biggest things we're going to make sure we have? We're going to have um, uh, tutoring for homework. Yeah, tutoring for homework. Because here's what happened. And part of it is the church fault. Don't, don't get it twisted. I, I know what I'm saying. Part of it is the church fault. Because the church didn't have activities that was valuable and relevant. They went outside in the world to seek it. So I understand. I'm not crazy. I know what's going on. So the church needed to step up and make sure we're doing things that's valuable for our children's growth. What did I say to them on Friday? I said, young people, listen to me carefully. I'm okay with activities and you got to do certain things. I get that. But I want you to ask yourself, 10 years, 20 years, and 30 years from now, this that I'm doing, how would it benefit me? How will it be some benefit to me 10 years, 20 years, or 30 years from now. And if you can't find the answer for that, you don't need to be doing that. Education will always benefit you. So, you know, just, just understand that. But I think we've taken on some additional things. I'll give you one. Everybody think their kid's going to be a professional something. Instead of we sit back and say, Man, I want my kid to get a free education. You know what we say? They're going to be a professional football player. They're going to be a professional golfer. As a matter of fact, we start working the system so good, you know where we are now? Get your child in lacrosse. Because there's not a lot of people involved in lacrosse. They're giving scholarship for lacrosse. We're going to be a professional lacrosse. Oh, my goodness. Professional tennis player, professional golfer. That's, those are things that we're trying to get. And so we spend four, six, eight years chasing that. I'm going to be professional at that. And we don't even realize half a percent or one percent or less than one percent are the people that become professionals. 
But somehow we convince ourselves, keep doing this. You're going to be a professional. You're going to make it to the pros. Cares. These are the things that we have as cares. We're, we're piling up the cares of this life. And so we're walking around with all these cares. We're walking around with all these cares and they're consuming us. They're consuming us. Some of the other cares that, 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 that we have is, is, is thoughts that we have conjured up in our minds. Remember what I said, all have sinned? Hold on to that. Hold on to that. So stop thinking somebody don't like you. Stop thinking somebody's against you. Stop thinking people ain't right. All of these things we've conjured up in our minds. Stop treating people wrong because of these thoughts that have come in your mind. And sometimes it's so far from the truth, it's not even real. And we have these thoughts in our mind about people and what they think about us. And we're not messing with them because of all of these thoughts in our mind. And we're wasting our time and wasting our years uh, thinking things is like this and like that. And it's just so far from the truth. All have sinned. So you know what that means, Bob? So what if you don't really think I'm your favorite person? That might be what you're struggling with. But I got something I'm struggling with. So I got to deal with you and try to my best to be a real true Christian person and be loving towards you. You might not hit me back the same way with it, but I have to know all have sinned. I'm telling you something of how I live my life by. Sometimes people think I'm crazy. Like, you will know somebody treated me outright wrong, and you see me, you know what, you might think, why is he all in their face? They, they talked about him. Y'all don't understand. I'm trying to be a Christian. Y'all crazy. Crazy. I'm, I'm trying, Brother D. I know people do certain, but I don't care. I'm trying to live right, and all have sinned. So, guess what? They, they treated me wrong, but didn't I do something to That's what makes me just, I'm just free. I am free because I know all have sinned and we all have done wrong and we all have come short. So let's get over these things that are hindering us, that are barriers, and just get over it and start doing what God wants us to do. God cares. I'm going somewhere. I'll, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going to get there. The other care or cares, burdens that we're dealing with, which are some of the greatest, this is probably the greater care that we deal with in life more than anything else, is us having unsatisfied relationships. Unsatisfied relationships with spouses. Unsatisfied relationships with parents. Unsatisfied relationships with siblings, unsatisfied relationships with family members, unsatisfied relationship with friends. That's a big one. Let's look at it this way. Jesus died for everybody. Is everybody living for Jesus? Is everybody in relationship with Jesus? It, it, it takes two people to have relationship. Just make sure you're not the one hindering the relationship. <laughs> Y'all got quiet up. 
It takes two people to have relationship. And God has proven himself by coming out of heaven and becoming human and walking this earth and being crucified and being mocked and spat upon for our sins. And he died and he was buried and he rose and he ascended back to heaven. He has done his part to say, my arms are stretched wide open. I want relationship with you. What are we doing about it? Some of us, like some of us here today, have embraced it and said, God, yes, I do want a relationship with you. Yes, I appreciate what you've done for me. But there's others that saying, I don't believe in that. There's others that saying, I don't have to go to church to get saved. There's others they're saying other things. But God died for them too. It takes two people to have a relationship. And you don't want to be the one handling the relationship. Let me hit you real quick. This is the truth. This is the truth. This is not me making stuff up. If you listen to me carefully, you'll realize I try to bring you word. If your relationship with someone is not right, your relationship with God is not right. You see what I mean by all I've sinned? So here we go. You're walking like, they ain't right, and I'm not messing with them, and blah, 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 blah. You got all that. Just by you saying that. You better work on your relationship with God. Because when, when, listen, God had 12 disciples. One was a crook stealing the money. And God is the all-knowing God. He knew it. And he let him hang with him anyway. He let a thief walk with him for three and a half years. And you can't deal with somebody that, uh, look at you. Oh, God help us. Uh, I remember him saying the wheat was planted and then all of a sudden the devil went and planted the tares among the wheat and then the angels came ready to, to reap the wheat and say, Lord, there's tares among the wheat. What are we going to do? Should we just root up the wheat and remove the tares? The Lord said, no, because if you root up the, 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 the wheat, the tares come up with it. Or, or vice versa, you root up the tares to get rid of it, the wheat going to come with it. And it's not time to pull the wheat up yet. So let them alone to grow together. So two things we're learning. Jesus Christ walked with a thief and other 11 great men of God. And then he says the wheat and the tear, they're Christians and non-Christians. They're Christians and they're devils. So what he's saying is Christians and devils got to walk together because guess what? That's just the way it is. There's going to be some devils around you. There's going to be some people around you that's not right. But God is not telling you to tell them to get away. He says you're going to have to grow with them. And God himself, when he walked this earth, he let a thief walk among him. What are we worrying about talking about people and we're not dealing with this one and not dealing with that one? We have no right to cast off anybody to say I'm not dealing with them because the one we're supposed to be pleasing don't operate like that. So think about it. God don't operate like that. I'm trying to please them. How am I going to justify to God? My actions of doing people wrong when he's saying, but I don't do that. It, it, it just don't work. God cares for us. I'm telling you all this because I know God cares for us. And God sent me by here today. Listen, don't think when people care, they only show you love. Children, you know that. You should know that. 
your parents can't do what you want all the time. That's not love. Love don't mean whatever you want, son. No problem. Love don't mean whatever you want, daughter. No. Man, I tell my daughter no one time and she just just start crying. Anytime voice go up just a tad bit or I shut her down on anything, she start bawling. Because in her mind, my daddy always give me everything. We got to make sure we understand that when God says no or when he corrects us, it don't mean he don't care and love us. That, that really means he cares and loves us. We have become self-seekers and not God-seekers. We are seeking out to wonder, why? Why this happened and why that happened? How could you do this to me? I can't believe this is happening. And we're seeking out why. We're trying to get answers of why. And we're not seeking God to say, God, I want to know you. I want to know about you. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to know what my purpose is in you. Are we seeking God for that? Or we're seeking out? From our own selfish ways of, why, God? Why? We are self-seekers rather than God-seekers. We're seeking answers for ourselves instead of seeking answers from God for his will for our life. Our cares of life usually leads us into sin. This is where I'm going. The cares start out being cares. Ivan, that's how it starts out. Oh, I got to make sure the kids go to soccer practice. Oh, I got to make sure this go on. Oh, I got to make sure they go to ballet. Oh, I got to make sure they go swimming. Oh, I got to make sure they do this. All of this stuff. I'm not telling you all of that stuff is wrong. I'm just telling you when it becomes a big care in your life, pretty soon you will stop reading your Bible. Pretty soon you won't pray because you don't have the time. You're always running. You're tired. And so if you went to bed late, guess what? You wake up, you just woozy and you're tired and you're barely making it to the bathroom. And before you know it, here you go, rush, rush, rush again. Come on, guess what you didn't do? You didn't read your Bible and you didn't pray. Uh-huh. So, so that's what cares do. The cares are not sinful most of the times. Some of them are. But... Some of, the, some of the cares of life that we have, they're not sinful, but they take over our life. And we now start neglecting God. We have made God part of the, 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 the chores that we do, part of the things that we do. Okay, so I go to church on Sunday. Tomorrow I got this. Tuesday I got this. And so it's just the routine of God fitting in. That's not what the Christian life is all about. We don't fit God into our chores. We don't fit God into our plans. No, God is the center of your life, and he orders how your life is supposed to be lived. We were created for him. Uh, this too heavy? I'm just trying to help you get to heaven. In case you're wondering what's wrong, I'm just trying to help you get to heaven. The person who is full of cares is ripe for sin. I'll say that again. The person who is full of cares is ripe for sin. You've got so much cares of everything around you that any time you get an opportunity to do something to make life easier, you're going to take it. 
That's why the person that is full of cares of life, they are ripe for sin. Because as soon as you get introduced to something that's going to, you know, release some stress or make things a little easier. It can be unethical. It could be wrong. You're going to go at it because it's part of your cares. It's helping you with the care that you have. And anytime we can get uh, uh, help with the care that we have, we're taking it, whether it's legit or not. Listen, we, I, you probably don't know about this. Some of you might. Brother D, you'll find this interesting. We are trying to get our children to be professionals. You know what's something that they started doing that I didn't know about? Keeping their kids back in school. You missed it. Okay. So let's say you have a big son. And you know, eat good. You, you, you kind of let him stay back. Whatever it is, let him miss a lot of days in school. So even though the grade was all right, he missed a lot of days. And you know if you miss a certain amount of days, they're going to keep you back. So they make them stay back so they can always be the biggest in their class. Or they start them in school late. Why? Because they will always be the biggest ones in their class. So if they play sports, they will dominate because they're... Okay. The person that's filled with cares are ripe for sin. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff we're doing. That's the kind of stuff we're doing because we're filled with cares of this life. If we were teaching our children, give them good education, make sure they go to school, make sure they get a good job, or make sure they become preachers and work in the kingdom of God, be evangelists. If we were doing all those things, stuff like that wouldn't even be on the radar. But the cares of life have put them on the radar. And so we're compromising in a lot of ways because of the cares that we have. That's one example of something. You know the other stuff that I don't know. I'm just telling you something that I know. And so we're, we're caught up with the cares of life. And that's why Jesus said, cast your cares, fling your cares, throw your cares on me. It's not good for you to walk around with these cares. It's not good for you to hold on to them. Cares will prevent you from praising God in church. Praise. Cares will prevent you from worshiping God in church. Cares will prevent you from praying. Cares will prevent you from giving God honor and glory. Sometimes you come to church and you hear something in your mind and your head is saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can't get up out of your seat to praise God and say, God, I thank you for that word because I don't know what I was going to do. But you send somebody by to preach a word to me and I'm thankful. No, you can't because the cares had your way down. God is speaking to us, but the cares of life is choking out the word of God. God is speaking to us, but the cares of life has consumed us, and we're not hearing what God is saying. God is speaking to somebody in this place. He is not trying to make you upset. He's just trying to get you to put your eyes on him. He's just trying to get you to leave some things alone and look to him. He's just trying to get you to turn your life over to him. He's just trying to get you to live right, to walk right, to talk right, to be a Christian, to be a lover. 
order of God. That's what he's trying to get you to do. He's not trying to upset you. He's not trying to make you mad. He's just trying to get you to get focused again. I am God, and I change not. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Those seasons change, and times change, and our world change. God says, he does not change. So we can't change with the seasons and the times and think it's okay. God still requires us to pray. God still requires us to pray and to fast and to worship and to come to church and to study the Bible and to make sure He is the center of your life. God still expects that no matter what's going on. God's word transcends time. Just look at God's word. Words spoken in Genesis is still good today. Words spoken in Acts, which was, which was over 2,000 years ago, was still, is still good today. So God's word transcends time. So you can't say, well, no well, no well, no well. God knows everything. When he was speaking his word for it to be recorded, he knew what he was talking about. He knew the things that were going to come. He knew it, but he still said, record that because that will help my people. He still knew it. So his word transcends time. So we can't say, well, it's a different time now. No! God is saying His Word. God is not existing in time. God is outside of time. We are living in time. Where God stands, He is in control of time. We are the ones worrying about time. God don't operate in time. So when His Word is spoken, it's a, now, it's a word for right now. It's a word for right now. So we can't mess with God's words. That way, hell, you know, it's just, it's, 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 oh, God, you know, it's just, times have changed, Lord. Times have changed, but God's words stay the same. If we will make our cares be about God's business, God will take care of our business. Did you know that? I'm going to give you a great scripture that will help you. If we will let God's business become our business... You're spending time worrying about your cares and you can't fix them. Luke chapter 5. Let me give you a good example. This is powerful. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, talking about Peter, and prayed him, asked him, that he would thrust out a litter from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. So let me set the picture. So Jesus rolled, and he saw people, and people were around, and he wanted to teach them. He was by the lake, and there were a couple boats there. So he said, Peter, let me use your boat. I'm going to sit in your boat. Just push me a little away from the bank of the, of the lake so everybody can see me, and I will begin to speak. 
and the, the, the water is, is the one that caused them to hear his voice, right? So his, his voice will bounce off the water and they will hear him, but he had to go out a little bit. And so he got in the boat and he got pushed out. And so now he began to teach them the word of God. Peter let Jesus borrow his boat so he can teach the word Amen. of God. Watch this now. Now, when he had left speaking, Jesus done speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have not taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Simon had went fishing the night before. Didn't catch no fish. That's what he used to feed his family. So he had no money. Couldn't sell no fish. He was stuck. All he could do, he threw the net out all night, tried to pull fish in nothing. Washed the net. Well, maybe tomorrow we'll catch something. But because he let Jesus take care of Jesus' business, Jesus took care of his business. He didn't have to even go out far. He just went out a little bit and let down the net, and all of a sudden the net is full with fish. Fish that will last him for weeks as opposed to one day's catch. Y'all not understanding what God is trying to show us. God is saying, will you just get involved with my business? Will you just help my plan? Because the stuff y'all are worrying about, I got that. I can make that work for you. You won't have to use all that energy. People won't just give you stuff. People will show you favor because you're doing my business. The cares that we're worried about, Jesus is saying, is taking you off track. And God can't just give you blessings for no reason. God can't just do stuff for you for no reason. He 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 got to keep his principle. You can't sow where you don't reap. You can't reap where you don't sow. A lot of us are trying to do that. A lot of us are trying to reap where we don't sow. And God is saying, I love you and I care for you. But I can't break my word. It's like God telling you something and then you come to him and say, I know you said this, God, but can you do this instead? We might do that. God don't do that. Because his word is more than just what he said. His word is not just for me. It's for you. It's for everybody. So he can't break his word for me. Then he got to break his word for you too. So whatever God says, it is what it is. He can't change it. So if he says you can't reap where you don't sow, you can't reap where you don't sow. But because Peter sold into Jesus, because Peter says, oh, Lord, you can use my boat and preach the gospel. I got you. Get in the boat, Jesus, and let me push you out a little bit. Oh, you okay right there? Oh, stay right there. We'll sit right here and listen to you preach, Jesus. And because of that, he caught fish enough for weeks. I'm sure he probably had to give some away. If we will take care of God's business, God will take care of ours. 
I'm trying to help you this morning not spin your wheels. You're spinning your wheels. You have so many cares of life. You have so many things going on in your mind. You have so many things going on in your life, and you're wondering why you can't get them in order. You're wondering why they can't get in together. You're wondering stuff, and sometimes you try to ignore them. You're wondering why this is like this, but you ignore it, and then sometimes you just blame it on somebody else or something else, but you know it's still bothering you. You know it's still weighing you down. You would like to see it get rectified, and you're worrying about it, and God is saying it will never get right because only I can help you get that right. And as much as you want to spend all your time and as much as you want to spend all your energy trying to fix it, all you're going to do is dig yourself a deeper hole. All you're going to do is go down deeper and not up out of it. You're trying to fix only what God can fix. Listen to me. You created that care in your life. And God cannot fix spiritual things with carnal thing. Or let me say it this way. Carnal things cannot be fixed by spiritual things. So your desires and your cares and, and, and your burdens that you have, they are carnal. They are carnal. And it's only going to take carnal things to deal with it. But God does things that are spiritual. So you got to get involved with spiritual things and God will help out your carnal things. Not from a spiritual standpoint, but he will allow the laws of the land to work for you in your favor. We're spinning our wheels. We're spinning our wheels. Listen, I'm almost there. I'm not telling you to just... Run, 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 run. Church, 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 church. And don't take care of yourself. Don't do stuff. I'm not telling you that. I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you, you have allowed your priorities to be your cares. Instead of making the kingdom of God your care, your priority. That's all I'm saying. I've watched it. I've seen it. And I'm just like mind blown and baffled by it watching how we're making that just our priority we have switched back in Jamaica David we said it got rich and switch <laughs> listen we don't have to say that about in Jamaica now we can say that in America we got rich and switched we did when we barely had anything we put more focus on Jesus that's God's probably I don't know, this is me just talking. That's probably God's biggest challenge with humankind. He loves us so much that he wants to give us everything that our hearts desire. He loves us so much. He wants to give us our heart desire. You desire it, he wants to give it to you. Here's the problem. He don't want you to walk away from him being caught up in the thing that he gave you. That's what he's worrying about. Like, if I give you this, you're going to stop praying. If I give you this, you're going to stop coming to church. If I give you this, you won't be thinking about me. He don't want his people to struggle. He don't want you to not have what you need. He wants you to have everything. But the reason we don't have it is because if we get it, we will begin to go south. South from Jesus. And that's not what Jesus wants for us. I'm almost done. Here we go. Peter allowed Jesus to use the boat. He blessed the Lord, and the Lord blessed him. That's just how life works. The scripture says, Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, 
casting all your cares upon him. We need to throw, fling, cast our cares upon Jesus and stop holding on to them. Stop carrying them around. But here is how we're going to get it done. We must first humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. It means that we have to submit ourselves unto God's authority, under God's power, under God's protection, under God's care. We must humble ourselves unto God. Can I tell you this? By you carrying around these cares, it says that you have not humbled yourself unto God. By you carrying around your cares, it's clear. You don't have to fight with it. I'm telling you, you have not humble, submitted yourself unto God. Because when you submit yourself to God, you stop worrying about stuff. It's not his worry. It's not my worry anymore. It's his worry. So if we're worrying about stuff, it means that we have not submitted ourselves to God. We still try to do our own thing. We're still trying to work our own uh, intelligence. We're still trying to make it work our way. So we have to submit ourselves to God. And if we will submit ourselves to God, then now we're saying, God, these cares, you can have them too. Remember, even Jesus humbled himself completely when he died on the cross for us and was later highly exalted and given a name higher than any other name. Can I tell you this? When you submit yourself to God, oh, this is so wonderful and we look at it as something that's just not nice. When you submit yourself to God, God will exalt you. Let me say it probably in plainer English. You, me, and so many of us, some, we like to be recognized to say, that's really good. I'm glad you did it. We, we, we appreciate recognition. We all appreciate recognition. But what we have tried to do is do our own thing to get recognition. When man build you up, man will tear you down. When man build you up, Man will tear you down. When people build you up, people will tear you down. For those of us that know sports, we see it all the time. Especially the draft is right now. They build certain people up. Oh, he's going to be this great quarterback. This, this, that. And he did all this. And then the closer you get to the draft, they start saying, yeah, but he don't throw the ball too good on the, out, on, on the curl route. He don't, and people build you up and tear you down. That's what we do. I don't know what's wrong with us. We just like to build up and tear down. But when God, when you submit under God, in due time, he will exalt you. And when God do this with you, I dare any man to try to take you down. When God pull you up, I dare anybody to pull you down. The only way we're going to get recognition, the only way we're going to be lifted up is to go low. Submit to God. Pray. Stay on our face. That's how God will lift us up. If we keep on, we will never really be up. And if we get up, it's because man did it. Not because God did it. Casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you. 
We have to stop carrying around our cares and our anxiety. It reveals that we're not trusting God. We have to understand that in order to trust God, we got to cast all our cares upon him. How do we cast our cares upon him? We have to let God have our anxieties. We have to become active and purposeful to cast our cares on, on Jesus Christ. We have to realize that since we've been carrying our cares and anxiety around, since we've been carrying around, we have to go to God in repentance. Oh, boy. It means we have said, what we have shown to God is, I'm not trusting you. I'm doing my own thing. I'm carrying my cares around and I'll handle it myself. That's how we've been living. And in order to get God to take those things on, you got to go to God and say, I realize now what I've been doing. I've been carrying my cares around, my burdens around. I've been acting like I have it all under control and that I can resolve it and that somebody can tell me what to do or I'll just get the money to take care of it. And God is saying, uh-huh, uh-huh. We have to go to him and say, that's what I've been doing, God. Please forgive me. I didn't allow you to be Lord of my life. I didn't surrender to you. I didn't submit myself to you. Please forgive me, Lord. That's how we start. So the first way to cast your care upon God, the first action you must do to cast your cares upon God is to ask for forgiveness. Repent of your sins because by you carrying your cares around, it means you was head honcho. Once you cast your cares upon him, then we have to realize those cares are no longer ours. Why would you worry about something that's not yours? So if you give Jesus Christ your cares, we should not worry about it anymore when we cast them on him. So we repent and then we kind of just take them off and put them on him. Lord, my brother, that have an issue with me. My brothers don't have no issue with me. I love my brothers, and they crazy, but me and them cool. So I'm not talking about me. My Lord, my 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 issues with my brother, I I put on you. I want to. I want me and my brother to have a good relationship. I want me and my brother to be fine. But somehow there's an issue, dear Lord, and I don't know how to resolve it. I love my brother, and I want a real relationship. Let me put my care of that on you, Lord. You can do it with your sister. You can do it with your spouse. You can do it with whoever you have to do it with. You have to realize that sometimes you just don't, you're not able to rectify it. You're not able to solve it. And you're going to spin your wheels and you're going to get frustrated. Let me tell you, when you allow the cares to keep weighing on you, you will go ahead and sin. Your cares get so strong in your life because you talk about them so much. And the more you talk, the bigger they get. The more you talk, the more you look for somebody to tell it to. Uh, we all get jammed up like this. And I'm getting very close, but I have to say this. We get jammed up because the care became too big. And it became big because we kept talking about it. It became big because we kept sharing it. And because of it, we start sinning. You sin when you talk badly about somebody. 
Yes, you do. That, that's, that's not pleasing unto God. So when you start saying, yeah, he ain't right. Yeah, she ain't right because you went and shared it with your friend. Your friend didn't say, honey, let's pray. You know, I got a revelation the other day when I was shoveling snow. The Bible says that brother, or it says, if you see your brother taken over by a fault, you with your spiritual should go and restore such a one in meekness and in love. Here's what I realized. I feel like I was just being talked to. Don't share and don't talk to anybody about anything that is not spiritual. I heard you was, it's like God gave me an answer to tell somebody. If somebody come to you and says, I heard you, you know what you need to say? Brother, at this time, or sister, at this time, I don't feel like you're in a good spiritual place. I would talk to you about it. I don't feel like you're in a good, I, I feel like that's a clear answer God gave me. I don't know what that's for. But, but here's, the, here's the response. Brother or sister, I don't feel like you're in a good place spiritually for me to talk to you about that. That's Bible. It's Bible. That's what I'm telling you. Because what happens a lot of times is we want to go deal with people in our flesh. We want to go deal with people because they made you mad. They hurt you. And guess what? If you're smart, you know the word, what you need to know right away. If they're coming at me like that, they're not spiritual, which means nothing good can come out of them. Because the Bible says only if someone is spiritual should they go and restore. So if you messed up and I'm spiritual, when I come to you, I'm coming to you almost like, how you been, my brother? Man, you know, I love you. How you been? I, I just, you know, I, I, I can see sometimes that there's a little struggle, but you know, I'm praying for you. Is there anything I can help you with? That's how I go to him if I'm trying to get him restored. But if I come to him talking about, I heard um, you was blah, 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 blah. Your response, brother, I don't feel like you're in a good place spiritually right now for me to talk to you about that. Maybe when you get in a good place spiritually, we'll talk about it. Walk away. I felt like the Holy Ghost just clearly dropped that in my spirit. I don't know what that was, why, but, but, but that's what's wrong. That's what's going on. We have issues, and nobody is getting spiritual enough to get it rectified. And so it keeps going. It keeps perpetuating because nobody's spiritual enough to deal with it. Because when you're spiritual enough, can I tell you, oh, I'm going somewhere now. Paul went to Jesus three times and said, can you remove this thorn from my side? And Jesus said to him, no, I'm not removing it. My grace is sufficient. Here is what I'm trying to tell you. Paul was so spiritual that when the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. I never heard anything else about that thorn anymore. Come on, somebody better walk with me this morning. You, you need to realize you need to be spiritual about your situation. And if anybody's going to talk to you about anything you're going through, they need to be spiritual. We're not supposed to deal with unspiritual people in our situations because spiritual people are only going to help you get restored unto God. Unspiritual people are trying to get one up on you. Unspiritual people are trying to do you in. Unspiritual people are trying to get an angle so they can talk about you. Unspiritual people are trying to make sure they look better than you. But Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus is about restoring relationship. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And if we're going to do anything, we're supposed to reconcile people unto Jesus. If it's not about reconciliation, we should not deal with the situation. Oh, God, help us there. 
God is trying to help us this morning. The Holy Ghost is coming in and helping us this morning. If we're going to cast our cares upon him, he's going to take it from us. We just need to unload it. We just need to give our cares to God, and God is going to make sure we're fine. We just got to realize that we can carry them around. They're going to weigh us down. They're going to hinder us from doing what we need to do for God. We have to take our minds off of these things that are carnal, that are worldly, that are fleshly. We have to put our mind back on Jesus. Jesus Christ. Jesus needs to become the center. He needs to be the central focus of your life. He needs to be the one that's really deep down in you that's controlling and pulling the strings and making it all work. That's what he needs to be in your life. And you can't just carry around these cares of life. They're killing you. They're they're, they're wearing you out. They're trying to destroy you. The devil is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He is your adversary. And he wants these stress. He wants these things, these heartaches. He wants these challenges to continue to weigh you down. But you need to cast all your cares. Fling all your cares on Jesus because Jesus cares for you. Unload yourself. You need to unload yourself. Let me tell you something. When you cast your care upon God, it doesn't mean He's going to do anything about it. It means now you get a chance to focus on the things of God and no longer focus on the things that you've been focusing on because God's desire is to save you. God's desire is to keep you. And He knows the cares of life. They will cause you to stray from Him. They will cause you to go away from Him. And so He wants to deliver you uh, and he wants the cares that you're struggling with uh, to be uh, unburdened from you. Uh, God wants to save you, uh, but you're hurting yourself, uh, you're destroying yourself, uh, you're crushing yourself uh, with all of these cares that you have in your mind, uh, with all of these carnal cares, uh, with all of these things that you're worrying about. Uh, what can God do uh, if you will just cast your cares upon Jesus? Uh, what can he? He do what he can do whatever you need him to do. Then God, then God took me to uh, where He wants me to go. God took me to the Scripture in 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 in, in Isaiah Isaiah fifty three. Then God. Then God take us to Isaiah fifty three because we don't want to let go our cares. So He got to take us to Isaiah fifty three. Verse chapter, chapter 53, verse 4 says, Surely the Lord had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did not esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. When it says, Surely the Lord has carried our grief, you know what it's saying? God wants to take on, he has taken on our sickness and our disease. Whatever sickness and disease that you have, Jesus says, That ain't nothing for me. Hey, God says that, listen, I was, was, was the one that carried your sorrows, your, 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 your pain, whenever you feel pain, he says, will you cast your care on me? He says, I was the one that was afflicted for you to not carry around your pain, for you not to carry around your grief. I went to the cross so you wouldn't have to do it. But he was wounded for our transgressions. 
ours, me and yours. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Oh, God is telling us when I went to the cross every situation that you could think of, every situation that could become a care for you I went to the cross and I took care of business so you wouldn't have to do it. If we're carrying around cares about our sickness, if we're carrying around cares about our pain, if we're carrying around pain about our situation, whatever we're carrying around, God wants us to know, I've already gone to the cross. You don't have to do it. If you're doing it, it's because you want to do it. If you're carrying around cares, it's because you want to carry it. If you're carrying around your hurts, that's because you want to carry it around. If you're carrying around your frustration, that's because you want to carry it around. Because I went to the cross, so you wouldn't have to do it. I died, so you wouldn't have to do it. If you're carrying it around, it's because you want to. And if you want to, you think you are better than me. Somebody need to worship the Lord in this place today. Oh, God, help us today. We got to stop carrying around these grief. We got to stop carrying around all of these situations. We got to stop carrying around. I'm telling you, I know what I know. God wouldn't tell me to preach this if we weren't carrying around cares that we did not have to carry around. If we weren't carrying around things that are hurting our relationship with God. It's all the things that we're doing that's hurting our relationship with God. And we're trying to bring it up like we're still living for God. We're trying to pretty it up like we're doing all good for God. We're trying to pretty it up like, oh, I'm saved, sanctified, and Holy Ghost filled. And if God come back today, he will say, depart from me, for I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. God is looking for people that's all in. He said, I was all in. I need people that are all in, not people that just stop by the church sometimes. Not people that just say a prayer for what they want sometimes. Not people that think that I I'm going to save them no matter what because I died for them. He wants people that will have a relationship with him. Ah. Ah. How much time do you put in your relationship with someone? How much time you put in your relationship with your kids? How much time you put into your relationship with your spouse? How much time you put into your relationship with your family, with your friends? How much time do you give God more time than that? Or do you give your friends, your family, your spouses? Do you give them more time than God? When God says, I'm the one that's carrying your sins. I'm the one that's bearing your griefs. I'm the one that's keeping you alive. I'm the one that's sustaining you. I'm the one that's keeping blessing you and you're giving them more time than me and you're giving them more care than me and I care more for you than any family member than any brother you got than any sister you got than any mother or father you got I am the God that carries around your grief and your burden your sickness, your pain I'm the God that does that for you why don't you settle and stop and just let me do what needs to be done why don't you give yourself to me why? Why? What's holding you back? What? What's holding you back? It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time to be free. It's time to be free. What's holding you back? Oh, somebody stand with us. Oh, what's holding you back? What's holding you back? 
what's holding you back. The word of God says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink or about your body. What you will wear, it is not, is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stare or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? So how the lilies of the field grow. Do they labor or spin? Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is, if, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for your for that's what pagans that's what sinners people that are not Christians they run after these things and your heavenly father know that you have need of them but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added Peter seek the things of God and he received what he needed for his own self. He tried to feed himself by being a fisherman. But there were days that he didn't catch any fish. But at the word of Jesus Christ, he let down his net. And his net was full till it started breaking. God will take care of all your needs if you will begin to worry about his stuff. If you will begin to surrender to God. God has given you the key today to how you need to get rid of your cares and how you need to move forward and not allow these cares to control your life anymore. God is not telling you everything will be well. What he's telling you is, let him take care of the cares. Whatever he chooses to do about your cares, let him do it. You don't worry about your cares. Let God worry about your cares once you cast it upon him. What God wants you to now do is focus on him. Because when you're focused on him, your focus can't be in two places at the same time. They're no longer on your cares. They are now on Jesus Christ. And he will give you peace. And he will give you comfort. And when you're struggling, he will be the one to strengthen you. And when you're weak, he will be the one to make you strong. God wants you to cast your cares upon him today. Somebody, you need to stand to your feet. Somebody may need to walk to the altar today and physically just take off and put on Jesus. Physically just take off and say, God, I don't want him anymore. I don't want him anymore. Do you want to continue to carry those cares around? I don't want to carry them around. I don't want them anymore, God. I don't want no sickness. I don't want no, no, no faults. I don't want no pain. I don't want no grief. I don't want no situation that has me bound that I'm worried about all the time. Some of you can't even sleep. You can't even sleep right because of your cares. And God 
wants me to tell you, uh, he will make you sleep like a baby if you will take off these cares and give them to him. Uh, if you want a good night rest, uh, you need to take off your cares and give them to Jesus. You need to throw them on him. Uh, you need to fling them on him. Uh, you need to just cast them down upon him and says, God, uh, how stupid could I have been to carry these cares around for so long? Uh, how crazy can I be uh, for letting these cares weigh me down uh, and cause me uh, to start even sinning by not giving you the attention and focus uh, that I need to give you. Uh, I'm not even praying like I need to. Uh, I'm not even focused uh, on the things of God like I need to because I have allowed these cares uh, to consume my life. Uh, I'm more about my cares uh, than I've ever been about anything else. Uh, not even about the kingdom. Uh, I'm not caring about the kingdom. Uh, and you have told me, seek ye first. Seek ye first. Seek ye first. Somebody take off those cares and put them on Jesus. Somebody take off those cares and put them on the Lord. I can feel them. I can feel them. I know they're on you. Don't worry about anybody else. All have sinned. The person standing next to you, the person standing in front of you or behind you, they have sinned too. Don't worry about nobody else. Just worry about you right now. 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 Take off those cares and cast them upon Jesus. Jesus. Only you can do that. Only you can do that. Only you can take off the cares. Only you can cast them. They, they were yours, but you can give them to Jesus now. <laughs> oh, somebody, hear the voice of the Lord. Hear what the Spirit is saying unto you. Hear what God is saying. God has spoken. God has spoken. Uh, and now he says, will you hear my word, my children? Uh, I've spoken to your heart. Uh, I've come today uh, to heal you. Uh, I've come today uh, to deliver you. Uh, I've come today to set you free. Uh, I've come today uh, to break you out of the bondage uh, and the chains that have kept you bound. Uh, I've come today uh, to heal you. Uh, I've come today to mend your broken heart. Uh, I've come today to make you whole again. Uh, I've come today uh, to keep you uh, and to protect you. Uh, I've come today uh, to bless you but I need for you to cast your cares upon me. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody, push forward a little bit. Push a little bit harder. 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 Get those things off of you. Get them off of you. Cast them up on Jesus that you don't have them anymore. They're no longer yours. They're no longer your cares. They belong to Jesus now. Let him do whatever he wants with your cares. Cast your cares upon him. Cast your cares upon him. Cast your cares upon him. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can't move forward in God until you unload yourself, unburden yourself. Oh, you got to take them off. 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 I hear it. There are people in here that says, I want to do right. I want to be right with God. I hear your heart saying you want to be right with God. Well, God has told me to tell you, this is why he told you today, get rid of the cares that you have. Stop carrying those cares around. 
I heard you when you said you want to be right with me. I heard you when you said you want to be right. You want your heart to be right. You're tired of your heart hurting. And God says your heart's been hurting. But today he has come. If you will just give him your care, he says your heart will no longer hurt. Your heart will no longer hurt. You will experience peace because I've taken on chastisement for your peace. I've taken on all of these things at the cross. So you can experience peace. So you can experience liberty and joy. Oh, oh, Come on, take off the cares. Take off the cares. Take off the cares. You got to be focused on doing this. Take off the cares. I know this could be emotional. I know this could be something where, you know, it, it's just so much. But you have to focus on the cares. Take them off of you. You can't do anything about it. You can't change people. You can't change people. People have to want to be changed themselves. They have to surrender to God. They have to submit to God so they can be changed. You can't change them. You're going to frustrate yourself. You're going to hurt yourself trying to make them do something. There's nothing you can do. And if they do what you tell them, it will only be short-lived. It will be temporary because only God can change. Only God can transform. Only God can make whole. Only God can renew. Only God can strengthen. Only God can heal. Only God can deliver. Cast all your cares upon Him. Let Him heal you. Let Him deliver you. Let Him mend your broken heart. Only God can do it. Only God can do it. Only God can do it. Oh. Oh. Now you need to thank God for taking them. God, I thank you for taking my cares. I thank you, Lord God, for allowing me to unburden myself from my cares. Oh, God, I thank you. I thank you. Oh, there's some people, you already feel lighter. You already feel lighter. You already feel like, oh, there's, there's been a weight that's been lifted. Huh? I, I feel lighter than what I felt like before I came to the altar. And now uh, I know God has taken my cares. God has taken them. Father, we thank you for taking our cares. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us this privilege and opportunity, oh God, to unburden ourselves, to give our cares to you, Lord God. We thank you for caring so much that you're saying to us, you will take our cares, that we don't have to carry them around anymore. God, we thank you for taking them. We thank you, Lord God, for taking them. Huh. Oh God. Ah. Uh. How can God, how can we repay God for taking our cares? He says, seek ye first my kingdom. Seek my will. Seek my purpose. Seek my kingdom. And that will be just great with him. Seek his will. And that will be just fine with him. Oh, hallelujah. If there's anyone here today that's never been baptized, you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you can raise your hand. We will get you going in the right direction that you can give your life to Jesus Christ, that you can surrender, you can be baptized. Is there anyone, anyone today that has never been baptized, never given their life to Jesus, and you want to do so today, raise your hand. 
We will get you going. We will teach you. We will instruct you. And you can give your life. You can surrender to God. Oh, hallelujah. What a friend we have in Jesus. As I prepared this week for this message, all I can think of is that old hymn. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. Oh, what a privilege it is to carry. Oh, all our cares, our sins, taking it to the Lord in prayer. Hallelujah.